Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and your questions this afternoon, 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. And of course, you can always text me 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Uh, we use this for prayer requests and for the time that we're on the air we use this for our show, so you can text questions and or prayer requests. That's a dedicated line for texting only, 720-336-0897. 720-336-0897. I would love to hear from you. I'm never going to see your call unless I get my call screen up, so I'm going to pull it up right now. I can see you guys calling in and get your names. 303-690-3000. Always like to welcome everyone from around the country. If you're listening on Grace FM, welcome. Radio by Grace. Uh, Both the Radio by Grace and Grace FM networks are listening to this program live. uh, And that means it's a live program. You're hearing it as it is, unedited. uh, And you call in live. If you're listening on Hope FM, Truth FM, or Higher Rock Radio, it's one week delayed. All that really means is you're hearing the show one week delayed. If you call in today, you'll talk to a live host. Then you can hear yourself on your own radio station next week, uh, which is pretty amazing. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. Taking your calls and your questions today. Um, Let's go to Aurora, Colorado. Chris, welcome to the program. Thank you, Pastor Ed. I appreciate you taking my call. You're welcome. What so can I do for you? What's on my mind today is this idea of election. So I've been reading a lot on the Book of Romans, and I'm a pretty new Christian, um, okay. but my heart's been convicted to really stay in the Word. And reading in Romans, um, I think it's uh, between chapters 10 and 15 especially, that uh, this idea that God elects who will be saved, I'm really struggling with the concept because— yeah. I believe in sola fide and sola scriptura. That seems the most biblical interpretation, but I felt called to come to God. And when I gave my life to Christ, it felt genuine and it felt like I was doing it. But was God really doing that through me? Where does my faith come from? And yeah. does God predestined people to be saved? I'm kind of struggling with this. I just like some some illumination on this. Well, there's a couple things um, related to this question. First of all, you've stumbled upon probably the top one or two issues in Christianity uh, that theologians have been arguing and concerned, like you, you know, really concerned, what part does God's predestination play? What part does my own choice? Do I even have choices? And so let me say that a radio answer will not be sufficient for you. However, I did teach a Bible study, and even a Bible study won't be sufficient uh, for the 
for the weight of this question, but I did try to summarize in 45 minutes a good balanced understanding of the doctrine of predestination. And, you know, there's there's two extremes when it comes to the conflict between the free will of man and the sovereignty of God. Uh, one comes to us from Reformed theology, you may hear it, or obviously you have heard of Reformed theology, or you would have never um, been introduced to sola fide or sola scriptura. That's a Reformed language. That's language reflecting Reformed theology. Uh, and so the significance of that uh, in relation to that side is, you know, it can be a very extreme, it can be taken to extremes so that uh, if if a person that holds to Calvinism is really true logically to their system of thought, they would have to subscribe to something known as double predestination. Have you heard that phrase before? No, sir. Yeah, so double predestination is that God elects some for heaven and most for hell, and nobody has a choice. Now, most Calvinists won't admit or even go that far in their theology, but they should because that's where that's the road of their theology. It has to go there. It, there can't be, and I know there's some some novel ways to explain it around it, but it, they're not sufficient. Um, and I'm not a Calvinist. I don't subscribe to Reformed theology. I don't subscribe to that extreme or even any version of that extreme, even though I believe in the doctrine of predestination. I don't believe in the interpretation of predestination as a Calvinist or a Reformed theologian would uh, would would give it. On the other end, um, the other extreme would be something known as uh, Arminianism. Uh, again, these are two men, Calvin and Arminius, and he emphasizes uh, over and above the uh, he emphasizes the free will of man. So that the extreme of Arminianism is that you can get saved and unsaved and saved and unsaved. And I don't subscribe to that either. Um, but I do believe what the Bible teaches, and I believe there is one simple verse in the Bible that helps ease the tension. It doesn't erase the tension, and I don't think the tension should be erased. I think there's a lot of things about God and a lot of things about his dealings with man that we simply will not understand until we meet him face to face. And I think this this verse helps to ease the tension, but doesn't erase it. And it's in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. It says, God is not, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not will not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So, so we have, we have this uh, insight, first of all, on the heart of God. The heart of God is for all to be saved, and that's that's an important uh, principle. His desire, the sending of Jesus Christ. Um, is because God's heart is for salvation and something that you and I have experienced. Um, and then earlier in Peter's writings, in 1 Peter chapter 1, we learn that election is according to foreknowledge. And so from God's perspective, because he, know all, he knows all things, he, his election is tied to his knowledge, as is his predestination. And that, again, a radio answer is not going to be sufficient, but it is God's prerogative to choose. Wouldn't you agree? I I mean, yes, God can do anything. Where this has really caused me some trouble is in my renewed walk with Christ, 
I'm finding that I'm struggling with some addiction and it's significantly changed, but I still find that I stumble and I know we're going to sin because we're human and I keep repenting and coming back to the cross, but I just wish I could kick all of this fleshly stuff to the curb and I can't. And it makes me wonder if I'm really destined to be saved or not. I have gone in loops over and over with myself on this and prayed about it and all I can do is read the word and know that God can choose what he chooses, but I just, I hope that, you know, I trust that he'll be faithful to his word. I feel like it would be a sin to say he's not. Well, let's but talk I really about that for a second. in my repentance. Let's, let's talk about that for a second. And sure. let, let me help you with that. Let, let me ask you a question just by way of illustration. Are you worried today about Ferraris being scratched? No. Are you worried about a red Ferrari being scratched? No. Are you ever concerned about that? No. Do you I mean, ever think about that? The world has a luster to it anymore. I, I mean, but I, I, just follow me where I'm going. Don't try to figure me out. Just follow me, okay? All right. So let's go back to the first question. Um, are you? Do you care about Ferraris being scratched? No. Do you care about red Ferraris being scratched? No. How about a brand new black BMW? Are you afraid it's being scratched? No. I'm going to guess, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm going to guess that the reason you don't care about red Ferraris or black Ferraris is you don't own one. Is that true? Yes. You don't own it, so you don't care, right? Is that fair to say? That's right. Okay, so let's go back to your question then, your big concern about this besetting sin, this part of your flesh, you're super concerned about it, right? It bothers you? That's right. You're concerned about it? Yes. You want it to go away? Yes. And you want to know why you have those feelings? I'm going to guess, but I need you to... Go ahead and guess. <laughs> guess. That's okay. Guess. Um, because I have a conviction I didn't have before I gave my life to Christ. That's... That's it. You're, I, I would even simplify one step down. The reason why you're concerned about these things is because you are saved. These are things saved people are concerned with. Okay. And there's, there's a great assurance that the Holy Spirit wants to give you in your desire to live holy and your desire to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Of course, you and I, we could care less about scratch red Ferraris. I don't own one. I'll never own one. And I don't care because it's not mine. I don't have that concern. Uh, However, when it comes to the things of the Lord, because I do, and again, using, it's kind of a broken analogy, but I own salvation. It's mine. So I very much care about it being scratched. I very much care about distance from God. I very much care about um, being right with God. And the re your discussion of these things and concern of these things is precisely because you are saved. These are what saved people are concerned about, number one. Number two, I would venture a guess that in this battle and addiction and things that that you are much better today than you were five years ago. Absolutely. Ten years ago. Absolutely. And I think you want to hold on to those times because it's evidence of the power of God in your life. And I'm just saying that he could take you all the way. Um, I've been sober, you know, my, if you think of addiction in my life, I've been sober 31 years by the grace of God, no desire, even in the greatest, when, when I, 
I wasn't even concerned one bit, you know, when a great tragedy hit my life and all the things I wrestle with, I'll tell you one thing I didn't wrestle with was the going back to the bottle. Um, it wasn't an issue at all in my life. I had other issues, but, but God has delivered me. So I walk daily in the deliverance of God. And, and I know he can do that in your life too, even though it doesn't feel that way. You know, we just gotta, we, we gotta learn how to overcome our feelings because our feelings don't have the final word. God has the final word. Right. And well, who am I that God would want to save me? I think of like Psalm eight, right? I'm so small. Why would he elect to save me and not others? I don't, that doesn't make sense to me. Well, I mean, I think, I think that, I think that there's, and, and just don't, don't dismiss me really quickly. Cause this might sting a little bit. Okay. You ready? Yes, sir. That's kind of a prideful thing for you to say. Who are you to tell God who he can choose? Okay. And as you put yourself down that way, you're actually diminishing okay. the love of God. I see. There's another angle to this and saying, I'm so grateful you chose me. And, and it can be said a different way. Who am I, Lord, that you would save me? But I so appreciate it and I receive it okay. and I will live it out. Okay. And, and then finding where it is. And you have to, again, if it, if it stings, it's not intended to crush you. It's intended to give you a different way of thinking because you want to find that, that line in your life that you cross where you just have a tendency to beat yourself up all the time or condemn yourself or look down on yourself. And you want to learn new habits of saying, yes, I am a sinner. Yes, I, am, I have been separated from God. But yes, he has met me. He has delivered me. I am no longer in the pit. He's put my feet on a solid rock. Instead of using the great grace of God to make you feel bad, I believe God wants us to use his grace so that we might be filled with joy that God has saved us and redeemed us and changed us. Because our greatest error... Your greatest error and my greatest error is actually the same. And that is we believe a lie. And when we choose to believe a lie, then all of our thinking is wrong after that. Mm. And that's the same temptation the devil gave to Eve. She believed a lie about God. She did. The devil was so cunning that he caused her to doubt the goodness of God. Basically, the temptation of the devil was, if God is really telling you the truth, then he wouldn't hold anything out on you. Like, you can have everything in the garden, but you can't have that. Well, I mean, if God is really good, then he would not hold anything back. But God was good by holding it back. <laughs> okay. I mean, that was... that he, he went right after the essence of the truth, and he perverted into a lie. And then, you know, whatever we believe is going to dictate how we behave. And it just seems like the Lord has you on a great path. And I've got a great book for you that I'm going to have my assistant send you as a gift. And then I want you to read it. And then you either email me or call me back on the show. Um, because I think this book, I just gave it to, to a sister not too long ago from our church. And I think this is a key in helping your thinking of where you are on the path of following Christ right now, especially the self-condemning, you know, okay. part of your life. So 
I'm going to pray for you and then I'm going to put you on hold and then Kevin will get your info and then I'll ask Julie to pop it in the mail for you, okay? Okay, thank you, Pastor. Father, I just pray for Chris and everyone listening that has a leaning toward this self-condemning place, Lord, where there, there is humility there, actually, but it also crosses the line into pride. And I just pray you'd help him sort it out, Lord. Even this call would not be another burden he has to carry, but rather freedom, the expression of freedom of how much you love him that you have called him into relationship with you, and he has repented. And so I thank God, I thank you, God, for ministering to Chris, and I just sense he's on the edge of a great victory and a big turning point in his life. And so I pray that you would reveal that to him in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, stay on hold. Let me put you on hold, and then Kevin's going to get your info, okay? All right, uh, here's a quick prayer request. Pray for me. I'm struggling with depression and feeling overwhelmed in my marriage and my employer. And it was a sister. She gave her name, but we'll just pray for the sister. Father, I pray for this sister who is overwhelmed and battling depression, both at home and at work. I pray you would establish her, Lord, in the faith. You gave her enough faith to ask for help. And so now, God, give her give her enough faith to trust you moment by moment, day by day. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, give me a call. Open line, 303-690-3000. Let's head over to Georgia now. Penny, welcome to the program. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well, Penny. How can I serve you? Uh, yeah, I've had a question uh, regarding marriage after divorce. Okay. Um, I've been divorced. I'm from the, my second marriage for 17 years, and okay. I've been in and out of relationships um, since then. Um, but um, since I've renewed my relationship with the Lord, you know, I haven't really dated anyone in five years. Um, but I've, you know, read in Matthew 5, 31, 32, uh, you know, where if you know, a man divorces his wife, then if she remarries and she's committing adultery, and so that, I guess, is my question. Uh, what is, is that where God stands on marriage after divorce? That is the stand of God um, when it comes to marriage after divorce, just exactly as you read it. Um, yes, okay. number one. Uh, however, we also need to take into other factors and other places in the Scripture to have that passage be fully informed. So let me ask you a few questions to help you sort it out. Um, in the okay. previous, in the previous marriage, and prior to the divorce, were you a believer, a born again believer, or not? Uh, not my last marriage. No, um, the first one. Uh, I want to say yes, but um, but then I want to say no. I knew of God and um, was raised in church, but I you know, didn't really have my own personal relationship with God yeah. until, you know, a few years back. So, so that's a very important, that's, that's a very important distinction. And the way you're, you're, you're sharing with me, I'm going to, I'm going to guess along with you and very informed guess that you weren't saved. And that's important right. because the decisions, the things we do before 
we're born again as opposed to after we're born again is very important. So as an unsaved person, right. you are free to remarry again. That sin was before you got saved. It was uninformed. You can't undo it. You can't erase it. And that would biblically give you the freedom to remarry. Um, and remarry as a born-again believer if you do end up getting re- remarried, that would be your last and final marriage. You understand the permanence right. of marriage. You fight for it. You're a whole new creation in Christ now. You're not like you were beforehand. Uh, and I believe biblically you have the freedom to remarry because your divorces were occurred before you were saved. Right. Okay. Okay. I, that answers. I've had that question for many years. Well, and it's a good question to ask because you know there's other there's other things to consider too, and um, and that is is it God's will for you to get married? Um, you know, if you do end up in some serious relationship and marriage is a discussion, you guys should have premarital counseling so that you can talk about these things. Even though you're a little bit older than you were in your twenties, um, you still need the same kind of wisdom that was needed if you were getting married in your twenties or even in your teens. You know, at eighteen, nineteen. Uh, Marie and I got married. I was 21 and she was 19. Uh, we could have really used some premarital counseling, but we weren't saved. So, you know, I think um, I think it's important that you even ask the question, is it God's will for me to be married before you get, if you end up getting remarried? But biblically, that is an option extended to you. Um, and it's something that you can consider if it comes up. Right, right. Okay, but it's not something that I should just totally put out of the question because, you know, that's what I've basically been... No. You know, you know... You do not have to... It really bothers me, I guess. Yeah, you do not have to put it out of the question. It can certainly be a part of your future if God brings the right man into your life. But please don't get married without premarital counseling. Right. Because you may end up, you know, it, it... who knows, but just lay it before the Lord and let the Holy Spirit lead you if that's an option in your future. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. I okay. appreciate it. Bless you, Penny. Bye-bye. 303 Aberdeen, Maryland. Marshall, welcome to the program. Uh, thank you, Pastor Ed. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I am well. Um, you feeling okay? Because I hear something in your voice. Are you are you suffering a little bit sinus or allergies or something? No, I'm not a little different today. No, <laughs> okay. Mike, Mike, uh, I just want to also say thank you for your prayers last week. You prayed for my brother Bill Wilson, if you recall, because he was having bowel surgery. He is had a little tough time. They had to put a trach in him because he could. He was having trouble breathing, but. He has been able to get up and sit in a chair for a while, and he seems his color's a lot better. So, oh, fantastic! Keep praying, but he is moving along. Fantastic! So I appreciate that. Hey, you know what? Thank I was so thinking, much. Marshall, real quick. You know what you're hearing in my voice? It snowed today, and I'm very sad. I'm just oh, kidding. Okay. You got, you <laughs> just snow, kidding. Huh? Wow. <laughs> we got our first snow, and I'm like, oh man, it is winter already. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, everything's fine. How can I help you today? <laughs> Well, I was listening to your, uh, I listened between Hope FM here and Grace FM out there. Okay. And your uh, your teacher on, um, at 1 o'clock, your time, 3 of mine, I think it's John Nunnally. 
Okay, yeah. He was talking. He was talking about he really, um, you know, admires um, Andy Stanley, and I was like, wow, because you know Andy Stanley came out what like four years ago and said that we need to unhitch ourselves from the Old Testament. Yeah. That we don't need. And I was just kind of wondering. So I don't really listen to him anymore because of that. But I, I was just kind of wondering what you thought about that. I mean. Well, I have a couple I don't of think thoughts. I'm taking it out of context as he says, you no, know, no. we don't need the Old Testament for regarding any behavior in the church. Well, I have a, I have a couple of thoughts on that. One is John Nunnally, Pastor John is a great man of God. And I bet if you called the church, he would talk to you. I'm pretty confident he would, and you should probably talk to him and let him clarify for you what he meant in his teaching, and he would do it. Um, uh, so I know him personally, great man, uh, and I'm sure he would have this conversation with you. So if you look his church up on gracefm.com and call him, uh, whatever days he's in the office, I'm pretty confident he would talk to you. Um, good man of God. So when it comes to Andy Stanley... Well, He's, he's definitely yeah. not somebody I would support personally, myself. Um, I don't like the direction he's going. I don't like the things he's saying about the Bible, how he uses the Bible, how he doesn't want to quote the Bible, how he is the epitome of seeker-sensitive theology on steroids. However, there are parts of Andy Stanley's teaching that have blessed me. Um, he has a heart to develop leaders, and he has great wisdom that he's expressed on leadership. Um, it's sort of like being trained at work, you know? You've got some unbeliever coming in teaching you, uh, and again, I'm not equating Andy Stanley to an unbeliever, so don't misquote me, guys listening, but like if you're at work and you get training, it doesn't matter where the trainings come from, the training is good. And, and so even though I disagree with Andy Stanley on some of the things he's saying about disconnecting, how to use the Bible, how to quote the Bible. all I mean, there's a lot that I disagree with. It doesn't mean I'm going to throw the uh, baby out with the bathwater. I think he's a, I think Andy Stanley is saved. I think he will be in heaven together, even though there are many things that I disagree with. And I think, you know, let's just say John, um, John Nunnally um, is in his teaching like, man, I, I agree with everything that Andy Stanley says. Well, I can still be friends with John. We don't have to agree on everything. Like, I can still be friends with him. I can still receive from him. Um, and I think that that's one thing we are learning uh, the more and more that we serve together as believers, that none of us agree 100% about every single thing. But Andy Stanley's not someone I would recommend, no. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of how I think about it. I mean, he may have great skills for other things, but if his theology is incorrect, should I be following someone who's a great, you know, leader, or we can bring up great leaders, but with incorrect theology? Well, you know, I think that until you talk to Andy Stanley, you know, if you only get sound bites from him, I don't know that you could even make that conclusion of what is the fullness of his theology is. Uh, I think before we make our decisions on sound bites, we should just go. I bet you, if you read if you read his theology statement on his website, you'd probably agree with it a hundred percent. And then as he's teaching, he's trying to again. He's got a different angle, and, and it's it's foreign for us at Calvary Chapel, right? Because we are committed to teaching the Bible verse by verse from Genesis to Revelation. We will never divorce the Old Testament. You don't. You will never understand the New Testament until you understand the Old Testament. I mean, I couldn't disagree with his view on that more than anything, but I bet you if I read his doctrinal statement, it's pretty solid because he's a believer. Um, and so practically, 
I don't agree with him. Um, but it's like anything. I'm I read books all the time. You know, I'm a I'm a deep deep reader, and I just had to learn to chew the meat and spit out the bones. And I think we need to do that more often. Like, yeah, it's like oh, I don't agree with that. I mean, unless it's totally rank unbelieving false doctrine, then you would cross the line. I can't cross. But if it's disagreements and different views, I mean, I got to make room. He's not my servant. He stands or falls before the Lord, and and I can move on. And but I don't recommend him. He's too confusing. Got to go, my brother. All right. Music caught up to us. I hope you call John. John would love to talk to you. He's such a good brother. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to the second half of today's program. Interesting program so far. Appreciate your questions, and hopefully our dialogue is very helpful and encouraging and helps us grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Here's a great question. Could you explain why Christians should avoid certain aspects of Halloween, like scary, bloody, or death-focused decorations and activities? I can, actually. I very much can. Um, Let me see if I can find the passage that I'm thinking of, uh, because... Uh, in First Thessalonians chapter five, verse twenty-two, it says, "Abstain from every form of evil." And I think we should not participate in evil things. And that's why yesterday um, somebody texted in overcoming the one one verse. I think we're going to put this on our T-shirts next year, um, uh, on our servant T-shirts for our alternative night. Um, and and it is a very simple verse. It says, do not be overcome. This is Romans 12, 21. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And I just think that making uh, horror, murder, dismemberment, uh, cemeteries, uh, and the like, just, I know you can do it make-believe, and I know you could do it without participating in evil. I get it. Possibly. I mean, you probably have to make a strong argument for that, but I don't like it. I don't think it honors God. I think it's a a message anti-God. Not only that, but witches and brews and um, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Spells, incantations. It's all to be avoided. That's why we provide an alternative here at the church because kids don't know or maybe they're not being taught and and dressing up is not that big a deal, but the nastiness could be, uh, you know, if you're dressing up like a like a murderer or something, that's not good. It's just not good. I mean, the, to me, uh, I know you're not ask, asking the question this way, but because um, this question came in by text, by the way, 720-336-0897. You can text me or we have one open line, 303-690-3000. But the real emphasis is... is the, the real uh, emphasis is to the person that does want to celebrate with all this stuff. You need to make your point because the Bible already makes the point. 
And I think too many times as believers, we get all defensive trying to prove something that's never been proven the other side. Um, and, you know, somebody who well, I have freedom to do whatever I want. Yeah, but you have you have freedom to go play on the freeway and you don't do that because freedom's always always restricted by choices. So it's, it's such a lame answer. You know, why are you all going out and partying and getting drunk? Well, I have freedom, man. Well, you know what? Don't, that's lame. That's such a lame answer. It's so uninformed. Like you have freedom to do a lot of things, but you choose not to do them. So then the real question is, why do you choose to do something that's obviously sinful? Well, I have freedom, man. Uh, I don't accept it. So I, I think that it's important to avoid every form of evil and to overcome evil with good. That, that's how I would answer that. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. see where we are here. North Glen, Colorado. Michael, welcome to the program. Hello, how are you? I'm okay, Michael. So I'm going through a total hip replacement uh, November 29th, and I'm just really anxious about the uh, anesthesia. I've never been under yes. anesthesia as an adult, so okay. and I've read to the hip surgery, and there's a good chance with my hip condition I might have a lot of blood loss, too, so it's just a really fake, uh, shaky situation. Yes. All right, let's pray. Father, I pray for my brother Michael. Um, very concerned about this surgery. And I know that you are giving him a peace that passes all understanding, but there's a battle as well. And so we pray for success. So grateful for the education system, for the doctors and nurses, both men and women that have been trained how to do surgery carefully, how to ex administer anesthesia successfully. And I just pray, God, that again with Michael, they would he would be met with nothing but success through the surgery, through the anesthesia, and through all the the need for even the surgery, like the outcome, and that you would give him a peace, like your word says, be anxious for nothing, but in all things by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, make your request be made known to God. And I think the reality of of his desire to hide in you and rest in you would be honored by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Pastor. Hey, Michael, by faith, you're going to have to call us after the surgery to let us know how God answered that prayer. And I know it's oh. routine, but nothing's ever routine, right? We want to walk in with wisdom and trusting in the Lord, and you're right on the right path. Thank you. Yeah, I will for sure give you guys a call when uh, everything gets done. I'm looking at about eight weeks of recovery, yes. so I'll be giving you guys a call. I look forward to it. Bless you. All right, thank you. Bye-bye. Bless you. Thank you. Bye. 303-690-3000. Here is an interesting question. I want to share it with you. If a woman pastor married my wife and I, my previous wife and I, would that be a legitimate marriage in God's eyes? Yes, it would be a legitimate marriage in God's eyes uh, because marriage supersedes the people involved. And what I mean by that is marriage is honorable in and of itself. And you walked in with your previous wife, a desire to honor God. <clears throat> Even if you were unbelievers, you entered into something that God created. God defined marriage. And I think back, you know, how, the question would be, well, if a believer married an unbeliever, is that a valid marriage? Yes. 
It's not the right way to be married, but marriage is valid. If an unbeliever married an unbeliever, is that a valid marriage? Yes. Yes, because marriage is honorable. And if, again, you this is highly debatable, but I believe the role of pastor is reserved for men, the pastor and elder, even though it doesn't limit what a woman can do within the body of Christ. I do believe there's a limitation placed upon eldership and pastoring to men, and that if a woman stood in the pulpit as declaring herself to be a pastor or the church she's a part of as a pastor, oversaw a wedding, though the marriage is honorable before the Lord. It doesn't depend on who's officiating it. So we want to do it the best way, but we didn't. But that's a great question. Yeah, it's it, it was an honorable marriage. Um, absolutely. 303-690-3000. We're going to come stay in Colorado here in Westminster. Amy, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. Hey, how can I help you? Thank you so much for your ministry. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Um, I need some prayers. Uh, my my family is a blended family. Okay. And um, my husband, and actually his daughter, um, she's 19. Um, she doesn't live at home, but it's it's been a struggle. Um, they they really need reconciliation, but they're they're both really stubborn. Yeah. And so I just I really I just I pray that God can intervene because it's starting to resonate out into like even into extended family, and so it's becoming really problematic. Yeah, it is. And I would say, just listening, and I you probably already know this, but I would say. Uh, that the greater um, responsibility lies with your husband. Um, he's the leader and the head of the home, and he can make changes right away that would minimize at least half of, you know, at least half of the difficulties. So I want to pray for him in particular because he has a lot of power that he can exercise in a real wonderful, loving way. Um, and there is a whole series of books written by a guy that can help with the step and blended families, stepdad, stepmom, all of that. Um, his name is Ron Deal, D-E-A-L. And I'm looking at some of his titles, The Smart Stepdad, um, Preparing to Blend, uh, The Smart Step Family, Seven Steps to Healthy Family. Um, he's a very prolific writer on this topic. Da- he has daily devotional for a step family. Uh, Ron Deal, and it may be some resources that you want to pick up to help you guys. Actually, I have read um, the Smart Step Family. Okay, but good. I, didn't, I was not aware that he had a Smart Step Dad. Yeah, he has quite so. a bit. So, so here's here's the, let's step back from the difficulty just for a second, and then be also be reminded that the most important relationship in this home is your marriage. Because if the marriage can be disintegrated, then you guys will have another blended family down the road. And we don't want that. Every other relationship is dependent. We've already got one broken. Well, probably, were you both married before? Um, actually, well, and part of the part of the, the hurt is um, her, well, his previous wife died okay, of I cancer. Okay. I come from a, you know, I come from a divorce. I see. Okay. Um, but his okay. family, yeah, so they, there's deep grief. They, they had a lot of to deal with when we first got married. Has has 
uh, the daughter been ministered to on the grief yet? Has she really gotten deep into her feelings and anybody do that with her yet? No, she um, didn't want to do counseling. Yeah. So unfortunately, there's only so much, you know, we can do at that point. I, I would say that I wouldn't give up on that. That's probably the big issue. It probably doesn't have much to do with this blended family yet, but the deep pain, the bitterness, you know, that what, what you guys are seeing acted out in stubbornness could be not only deep trauma and pain, but a root of bitterness, trying to control things. You know, anger is a big control emotion. So a lot of her decisions are going to be based on trying to control things, control things with her actions. You know, if she can flip out and be angry, then she's controlling you guys. In a, in, yeah. in not, it's not even necessarily like she's got a game plan in her room, like I'm going to ruin everything and I'm going to control them. But it's, it's like the, it's the outbursts of her pain and her loneliness and never really dealing with it. So it's always going to get worse. Um, and, and yeah, there, she's got issues. I don't want to make excuses, um, but I do want to give reasons for the Holy Spirit to really minister to her. Um, I mean, grief so wrecked me um, that, like, and I tried to deal with it. You know, I I stepped, I wanted to deal with it. And, and I think I'm so much better than I was years ago. But man, in that first couple years, our home was really, really dark and hurting. Like we, Marie and I, and my daughter, and then my son came back from Bible college. It was hard. And then you had all these other circumstances pressed upon us. You know, it wasn't just the death of our son. It was all the drama that came with it and all the difficulty that was completely out. And so there's so many, I share only that because there's so many layers. I know it's not new for you. I know you know this, but it's good to hear it out loud. Um, and it's good for people listening to hear it out loud that 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 she's probably hurting. And, and I mean, not probably, she is hurting. And then all these other decisions are just making it worse for her. And she probably gave up by now. She's probably like, I don't, I don't even care anymore. And, and it's just living the lie, you know, because she's not going to get her mom back and you're never going to be her, the kind of mom that she was. And it's just a recipe for destruction, but we can step into these things and see healing. The Lord can bring healing and he can bring strength out of darkness. And we don't want to lose hope because our hope is in the Lord. Thank you. Father, I do pray for this family, just tossed and turned by circumstances and difficulties and challenges and words that can't be undone and feelings that won't go away. And I pray for this young girl, Lord, that, you know, just so hard and responding to difficulties in self-destructive ways. I pray for a, a, a deliverance, Lord. I pray for a rescuing. And for this new marriage, God, that that you would help give wisdom to uh, Amy and her husband. It's just overwhelming, and it's just heart disheartening. And I remember some of the darker days in my own life, Lord, but and they're in my past now. I can look back and say, okay, Lord, you got me through that, got me through that, got me through that, and I pray that into this family, that you will get them through this. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.
Thank you very much. Hey, Amy, can I, I it just remind me, as, as I was praying, I mentioned um, getting through something, and I actually wrote a little book on that. Can I send it to you? Um, yes, that would be great. Okay, I'm going to have... Um, I'm going to have Kevin get your information. And we wrote, we wrote a little book. It's, I entitled it, You Will Get Through This. <laughs> I mean, and it's just a Thank simple you. little book, but it's, it sows seeds of hope uh, into your heart because I know it can be very, it could feel very hopeless. Yes. And, and I know the Lord will get you through it. So I'm going to put you on hold and then stay in touch because we want to hear progress. Even if it gets worse, we can pray if it gets worse. But if it gets better, we want to hear that too. Okay, thank you so much. Okay, here we go. Oh boy, yeah, it's it's hard. It's hard. Okay, let's come back to Aurora now, Jackie. I got to push the buttons now. <laughs> Jackie, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. This is Jackie again. You prayed for me for my surgery for cancer. Yes. I want to thank you. You're welcome. Um, so um, I have my child was born as a female, and this is my youngest child. She was born as a female, but as she got old, he, well, now, as she got older, she became transgender to a male. So my question is, how does God look upon that, and how does, how would, I guess, affect, you know, me as a parent? Well, that, I love my the no first... matter what. I, you know, I do call him my son now, yeah. but I love him no matter what. And well, he's uh, she is not your son. She's a female. And so I, I wouldn't be able to, if it was the situation you described in my family, I could not call my female daughter a son because of the changes they made to their body because I wouldn't be honest. And that's just not something I could, I could, I could cross that line. Um, and so let me, let me go backwards, though. You asked two questions. How does God view this situation with your daughter? God views it in a very simple way. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And a real relationship with Jesus Christ would prevent someone from pretending or desiring or wanting to be someone that they're not because God is a God of truth. He walks in the light. And so if your daughter, who now identifies as a male, was truly in relationship with God, then they would be hearing from God all the time to be their authentic self, not their perceived self, but their authentic self. So I believe that's God's view, and it's very gracious and loving. God, For someone to tell us the truth about ourselves, that's a very gracious and loving thing to say. Then how do you respond as a parent? I mean, it's much more challenging because you're not God. And you're beset by emotions, and now you also have cancer surgery, and you got so much stuff going on with you that, I mean, you love your daughter, and you're even trying to be accommodating to her by calling her by how she's identifying. But the reality is, is that there's no one that can love this girl like you can, because you're her mother. You love her and care for her, and you will always love her no matter what she does or how she acts. 
you've been given a very unique love for her that no one on this planet will ever have. It's a mom's love. Um, but it is a challenging thing. I do believe it's important that we speak the truth. Um, I don't think I'm going to benefit anybody if I lie to them or I participate in their lies. Um, I think that you address this as not by the behavior, which is so, so I want to say startling, but there's another word, so shocking um, that, oh, now I have to be, I have to play life on your terms. Uh, no, I actually, I don't. I want to step into your life, but I'm not going to play life on your terms if it causes me a lie. I, it's just a line that Ed Taylor, I can't pass. I, um, I can't say I've never lied before. Of course I have and repented of it, right. but I'm not going to live a lie and I'm not going to step into someone's lie. And those are decisions you're going to need to make. And if you email me, I have some some resources available on this topic. We've been trying to collect more and more resources on the LGBTQ uh-huh. challenges because uh-huh. it's just pervasive. It's pressing in. We're are it's it's becoming much more difficult. And so far, I have some good resources, and I I even have books on order that I want to read because I want to learn how to step into people's lives as well. But look, if if your daughter came home and said, I'm a, I'm living, I'm an adulteress and I have sex with married men every night, you would not say, Oh, okay. Adulterer. That's okay. You wouldn't do that. And that's a sexual sin as well. Um, but you also wouldn't be harsh. Like you would be a mom, you would do it in love. Um, and I just think that we're so shocked by this and it's so culturally acceptable that we just capitulate and we can't. We can't capitulate. We can't do more than God does, and we can't do less than God does. And sometimes we just need to be few with our words and, and more with our love, but not in dishonesty. God won't bless dishonesty. Right. Because, I mean, she changed her name, and, you know, for a long time, I, I could never call her, you know, the male name. She changed... Her name to for the yes. longest time and yes. you know and then you know i'd be around my other daughter and my other daughter would get mad at me and tell me mom call him by his name and it's like well you know he was born a female i named him that name of course as a girl it's hard for me to change and you but you're in a very unique and i'm glad that you mentioned that because you're in a very unique place that is important because if if you are undermined, because you, you, what you're saying is exactly what I was thinking. You are a mother. You gave birth. You carried this child for nine months in your womb. You experienced excruciating pain in giving delivery. You, you saw the genetic DNA, like everything about your daughter is a daughter. And to have you changed, there is to have you yield to their whims is dishonoring you as mom. So what is, what, why is it, why do you, and, and again, this, how you discuss this with your kids is very unique because you know your kids, but why is it okay for them to dishonor you? What are you talking about? I came before you. you, you I gave you, I created you. Um, and of course you're not God, but Sometimes we'll do that with our kids. You're like, hey, I created you, man. You or what did Bill Cosby used to say? I brought you into this world and I can take you out. You know, like yeah. like honoring yeah. that yeah. honoring that relationship, right? And and I think those hard discussions need to be had because 
I haven't had to do this yet, but I mean, yes, I have. I've done it at Starbucks. It was obviously a person that was transgender that had, I, I, um, it was a, a guy dressed like a girl and had a girl name. And I used the girl name because it's just a name. And right. I, I felt like if I made a big deal about it there, I'd never, when I go back to that Starbucks, I'm not going to have a second. Like, I think I can, I mean, I know I can say the name without agreeing with everything. But if if that person like on their name tag said I'm a she, no, you're not a she. I'm not participating in that. Um, but I don't have to make it a big deal, right? Um, I, I want to be able to speak the truth in love, but I I I won't I won't participate in sin. I'm sorry, I can't. Yeah. And yeah, I mean it, it's just it, it's hard because like they said, it is hard. She now looks like. Um, yeah. I mean, you couldn't tell that. She was a female. You yeah. can never tell yes. because of the changes that, you know, has been made over the years. Yeah. And like I said, I, I love them dearly. And, you know, I don't, I, it's, I don't know. It's just like, you know, now that I'm getting into, you know, God and Jesus and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I, I've been thinking about it. It's been going through my mind. Okay. Yeah. Now. You know, but this is my child. I got to love my child. Yes. You know, I still love my child. Um, but do I accept, you know, do parents accept the way kids are living sometimes? No, but like I said, in the same aspect, that is my, my child. Yeah, and I, and I think it would be very know? similar. I think you would have, um, I think you would have very similar responses in, in if your child was a bank robber or like you'd visit him in prison, you would, but you'd also say, please stop robbing banks. Like, I don't know what, I, I know that it's, it's living in deception. I know it's, uh, there, there's a lot of sin involved. There's a lot of confusion involved. There's a lot of manipulation involved in this kind of behavior. Um, but I say, as you continue to love your kids, God is going to give you wisdom um, God is going to help you to draw lines like you can draw lines, but but at the same time, you can go up to that line, too. You don't have to be so far from it. If like like for me, I mentioned a line. I think I could use the name, but I'm not going to call you another gender. And that's just the line that I've crossed. And and I'll listen to you as much as it might hurt me or, um, you know, you're my kid. Uh, I might have a meal with you, but don't think I'm going to, but if you want to bring, you know, your homosexual spouse with you, no, that, 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 that's not going to happen because they're not a spouse. You're not living in the truth. You know, if, if, if you want me to give you a ride to go, you know, I, I, I'm pleading with you, don't rob a bank, don't rob a bank. And if you want me to give you a ride to the bank while you are robbing it, I'm not going to do that. And I'm not going to, if you give me ten thousand dollars from the bank you just robbed i'm not gonna spend that and if you think i'm not gonna turn you in if you got if you told me you just robbed a bank and i see your picture on the news i'm gonna turn you in because i'm gonna do what's right before god and not approve of your behavior i mean even though i mean he's or she see i get so confused i know up in age like 30 something years old now i think 34 um does his her own thing has her own place i mean is i mean it's like her life she has to live it right but i, I don't know like i said i'm confused now you know next and now that i'm you know getting into the holy spirit and jesus and stuff it's it's now i'm confused well the confusion isn't coming from god i can tell you that it's coming from the decisions that your daughter has made 
And so here's how you sort out confusion that way. You you spend more time understanding God's heart and view and less time letting the behaviors. This would never have happened had your daughter not made these decisions. And you don't even have to respond to every decision that she makes. Um, however, this is a big one and it's, you know, it's much bigger um, the, it's much bigger than the a radio show. I mean, we can't encompass all the, the hurt and pain that you're carrying, but I know that the Lord is with you and helping you, and and I know that your daughter knows you love her. Even if they gang up on you, just take it to the Lord in prayer, and I know he'll be faithful. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray for this mom, just like many parents listening in, some super challenging things to deal with. And um, I pray that the reality of these situations would uh, help. You know, this culture is just, we're in a culture that calls evil good and good evil. And it's hard for us that know right and wrong than uh, to to live in such an upside-down world. Just like my sister said, she's confused. So give her wisdom, Lord. Comfort her. And we pray for her daughter, just all the decisions she's been making. Bring her home and bring many daughters home, would you? In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, we got to go. You hear the music. Thanks for calling in today. The Lord bless you guys, encourage you. Be strengthened in the Lord. See you this weekend, Saturday night, Sunday morning, calvaryco.church. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.